always thought I was going to do something great. Be great. They would write about me in history books and people would see my name and think of my achievements. None of that happened. The only person who knows what I did is you. Episode one, wormholes and plumbing. Final round of cell cultures didn't grow. Kind of the final nail in the coffin. I gave Harry the news and he was nice. Gave me the whole speech about negative results being useful too, but come on. The lab's grant didn't get approved. Cuts need to be made. And there's one PhD candidate whose experiment's a big fat failure. The writing's on the wall. It's pretty clear. Harry told me to consider alternative steps. Starting over in another lab means another three years, at least. The other option is to pack up and go home, which I don't want to do for obvious reasons. Dad's still dad. <sighs> oh, shoot. Rain's still coming down pretty heavy. I'm holed up in that one really gross bathroom. That one from uh, New Year's 2018 had the bright idea to cut through the woods at two in the morning. Extremely inebriated. Me and this bathroom got very well acquainted that night. Honestly, doesn't look like it's seen another soul since. And it looks like I'm in for a long night. How to kill some time. And I said, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. Hey, we can learn to laugh and So I was thinking about nudist colonies. Like, what if you wear glasses? How do you wipe them clean? Play and get along with each other. And like, why isn't Superman fat? How does he maintain the muscle mass? Does he bench press mountains in his spare time? <laughs> oh God, I'm a freaking failure. <laughs> Jesse Baker fakes left. She goes right. It's a spinny move. And. Oh, darn. Oh, it's a spinny move. And. What in the. Um. Christ. I don't exactly know how to phrase this. I was screwing around, killing time. Picked up a rock, and I shot it into the toilet. Got it on the first try, by the way. Then. This is going to sound crazy but I heard this weird sound. When I went in to get a closer look, the rock wasn't there. It just vanished. I thought my mind was playing tricks on me, but I tested it. I tossed in another rock and it disappeared. I think I found a wormhole. This is day two since I found that thing. Got a whole bunch of thoughts racing through my brain. I could go public with it, get my name in the headlines, would give me that sweet, sweet validation. But then what? People don't really care who found something. They care about branding. I could not tell you for the life of me who made the first bagel, but you can damn well be sure that I know the Einstein bros. Well, actually I do know that bagels originated in Jewish communities in Poland around the 17th century. But my point stands, branding matters. And if I wanna be the Einstein bros of wormholes, then I need to do some research. To that effect, I should stop calling it a wormhole. 
I'm still in the dark about what this thing actually is. I'll start referring to it as the anomaly. It's a little ho-hum, but I can't have any preconceptions about what this could be affecting my studies. Now, I'd love to just stick my head down the toilet and see what we're dealing with, but I don't know. It seems risky. I need to take proper precautions. There's no telling what kind of radiation this thing could be spewing out. If I'm too cavalier with my approach, I'll end up with an arm sticking out of my neck. Day four. I survived one night of naked exposure to the anomaly. But that doesn't mean it's safe. To check the radiation levels, I borrowed a Geiger counter from the radiotherapy lab at the university. Edward claims they never use it, and I should have it back before anybody notices. About to run a preliminary radiation check on the anomaly. Switching the instrument on now. Oh, shit. I'm almost 50 meters away from the anomaly. Radiation levels are not dropping. Oh, God. Die. So, this is embarrassing. But it turns out, full body scans actually leave residual radiation. What the sensor picked up was coming from my own body. And with a little more foresight, I brought along a lead sheet for protection. Final result, no significant uptake of radiation levels, and we are good to go. Day 10. So now that we've got the boring safety stuff out of the way, we need to get to the business. It's time to see what's on the other side. What I'm going to do is send through an old phone, have it snap a picture of the other side, and then pull it back through using a wire. If it goes well, I'll have taken the most famous picture in all of human history, ever. Well, that was an epic failure. Everything seemed like it was going according to plan, until I pulled the phone back to our side and found it was dead as a brick. Turns out the circuits had completely fried. I ran some more tests with an old lamp and a digital watch. Same thing, completely dead. Electrical circuitry doesn't survive the trip. Darn, this is an issue. So, taking a photograph is out of the question. Unless I wanted to be a daguerreotype, which I'm looking into, trust me. One good thing that came out of the camera test was I discovered the anomaly is bidirectional. Objects can go through and back, which is fortunate, because I was worried about throwing things inside willy-nilly. For all I know, adding more mass into the system could cause it to collapse. I'll be more selective about what I put in there and use the wire to pull them out. The bidirectional property is actually pretty huge. It's entirely possible that we're receiving signals from the other side, and I just lack the proper equipment to pick them up. There are so many different kinds of signals, though. Electromagnetic, sound, some sort of interdimensional wave. It would take too long and be too expensive to detect every possible signal I can think of. So let's narrow it down. We can find out what signals can actually pass through the anomaly, then use that list to detect any possible messages. First off, electromagnetic or light. Now, what kind of light source can I use that's not driven by electricity? Day 15 birthday candles. In particular, trick birthday candles. Despite being an annoying novelty, they actually produce solid intensity, and they're difficult to put out because of the magnesium powder they've incorporated into the wick. Okay, I brought a bunch of trick candles back to the bathroom. It's the middle of the night, and I've got all the windows covered up with a tarp, so if light can go through, I should be able to see it. I've got them in a glass bowl, tied to a wire, and dropping it through the anomaly now. <laughs> Darn. Day 25. 
I tried candles, glow sticks, and even a freaking oil lamp. No light came through. I even brought a cheap infrared sensor to see if infrared made it back, but it was completely dark. I wish I could check higher frequencies of light, but I can't get my hands on a source that would pass through safely. I'll have to move on for now. It's time for sound. They might be transmitting audio messages to us using frequencies I can't hear. Now, the anomaly isn't a fan of electrical circuits, so I can't just play Bohemian Rhapsody on my phone and drop it in. I had to find a device that functions purely off of mechanical energy. After some lengthy and very scientific deliberation, I decided my best bet was one of those wind-up monkey toys that slaps the cymbals together. <laughs> Loud, and they have a steady rhythm that I think I can use as a baseline to check if there's any time dilation. All right. The plan is to just drop it in, listen for sound to come through, and if, oh shoot. The monkey fell through. Well, I don't hear anything, so this experiment has been a big fat failure, and we lost a valuable ally. Farewell, monkey. You will be remembered. Day 28. Signals don't seem to pass through. At least, the ones that I can test right now. It seems like we're in this for the long haul, which means I need to take precautions. I know that I'm safe. Now I need to make sure that the anomaly is safe. It means I have to keep its environment as stable and secure as possible. Can't have some nosy Nelly snooping around and finding the anomaly. And as much as I'd like to, I don't have the resources to surround the site with giant steel walls and guard towers. So I did the next best thing. I bought a bunch of toxic hazard signs, you know, the ones with the skull and crossbones, and set them in front of every trail that leads to the bathroom. For added measure, I put up another sign with warning. If you've experienced nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, headache, fever, dizziness, disorientation, weakness, fatigue, or hair loss, please contact your primary care provider immediately. That should keep people away. The way I see it, you put up walls and people just ask questions. Instead, give them the answers they don't want to hear, and they'll keep their distance. We can cross off security concerns and move on to a more difficult problem. Keeping the environment stable. That means temperature, humidity, exposure to sunlight. All that needs to be kept in an optimal state for several reasons. First, it'll give my experiments consistent results. No telling how the anomaly will react to fluctuating conditions. Second, I have no idea how stable the anomaly is. The anomaly could collapse tomorrow because the temperature dipped a few degrees, or it was particularly dry that day. Because I don't know the optimal conditions for the anomaly to stay active, I have to work off of what I already know. The anomaly was functional the first night I found it, so I'll recreate those conditions. I set up tarps over the windows to limit sunlight and UV radiation that could affect the anomaly. I, um, found a broken dehumidifier in the dumpster behind my apartment. Three showers and 10 YouTube tutorials later, I got it fixed and it's up and running. It's set to 40% humidity. For temperature, I unfortunately had to part with my portable AC in the middle of a heat wave. The sacrifices you make for progress. I set that to maintain 75 degrees Fahrenheit. It's a little janky, but it's the best I can do with my current resources. Day 30. Obviously, I'd love to cannonball dive into the wormhole, but the scientist in me, and scientist is a term I use loosely, considering I apparently suck at it, uh, but that's neither here nor there. Anyways, 
the scientist in me says I should probably save human trials for later. Start from simple organisms and work my way up to the big old complex homo sapien. The simplest animals on earth are sea sponges or coral. They've been around since pretty much the start. Only issue is the closest coast is about 600 miles away. I'll have to find something a little closer to home. Day 35. I dug up some earthworms in the forest. I love to properly classify them, so this is a real study, but I honestly couldn't be bothered. It's your run-of-the-mill earthworm, and that's as detailed as I'd like to get. I dropped the little guys in a net and suspended them inside the anomaly. I kept them inside for increasing intervals of time. One minute, 10 minutes, an hour. Each time, the worms came out looking perfectly happy. Like I said, not a zoologist, but motor function seems normal. They were wriggling around. Good enough for me. Let's move on up the food chain. Day 52. I ran similar experiments with more and more complex creatures, from an earthworm to an ant to the rat that's been terrorizing my apartment. Unfortunately, that bastard survived, but so did all the others. With the success of mammalian test subject, the thought's been dancing around in my mind. It might be time to run a human trial. And the only human I've got on hand is, well, me. There are a hundred million things that could go wrong. My body could disintegrate or explode or both. I could be trapped in a seventh dimensional space, stuck inside a bookcase, doomed to watch a highlights reel of the worst choices I've ever made in my life for the rest of eternity. Or I could become the first person in history to safely pass through a wormhole, which would be pretty cool. Day 60. I've thought about it and I'm gonna go through with it. Just a dip in the pool to check out the temperature. You've gotta take risks if you wanna do anything important, right? I'm at the restroom and I've clipped the wire to a carabiner on my waist. In and out, 10 seconds max. Phew, okay. I'll start off slow. Just my legs at first. Oh geez, screw it, I'm going. Holy Jesus. What in the? Just as I was about to attempt the first human trial, which I was fully prepared to do, I might add, an unexpected event occurred. An object, flew through the anomaly to our side. Upon closer examination, I found it was the monkey toy that I had lost during the sound experiment. But that's not all. There was a note taped to the back of the toy, a message. Who are you? 